I V M. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, it's the year-end special. A totally different topic. We are not talking about investments, credit cards, loans, mutual funds. We're talking money and mental health. How is your relationship with your money, and how do you approach it? My guest, Sonali Gupta, clinical psychologist. We are going to talk about money and mental health on this really, really year-end special of Paisa Paisa. Coming up next. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content, and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content, and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. Guys, tweet 2019, big year for Paisa Paisa, like massive, huge year for Paisa Paisa. We got our first sponsors. We had some huge episodes out there. Got a lot of good responses from our listeners. We got a lot of love from all of you on social media. Hey, we even landed up winning the best business podcast award at the Asia Podcast Awards. So big thank you for all of you guys. Who voted for me out there? Looking forward to even bigger things in 2020. Now, as we wind down 2019 and head for a totally brand new year, I thought we should try huh, something different. You know, we've done so many episodes on personal finance, investments, loans, credit card, mutual fund. Hmm. I thought, hey, it's the year end. You guys must be on vacation. Generally winding down. So I've tried something different this time. Okay, this is a real curveball. Hut ke. Let me know if it works for you, please. Okay, reach out to me. I'm B50 on Twitter. So today's episode, the New Year special, if you may, is about money and mental health. Yeah, yeah, I know some of you would go like, huh? What's the link between money and mental health? Yeah, if I'm rich, I'm happy. Money can't buy me love. Well, here's the thing. Whatever you might think, all of us have a way we think about money, and that is really important in our beliefs, um, how we live. What we buy, what we spend on—I mean, come on! Yeah. You get your first salary, you want to splurge it. When someone comes to you and says, "Put eighty percent into an SIP," like, dude, come on! Yeah. I have to buy the latest iPhone. Or, hmm, you get fired from a job, loss of salary—that stuff depresses us. And it, there's so much more, but I let my guests talk about it. Who better to talk about mental health than a mental health professional? Yes, my guest today is Sonali Gupta, clinical psychologist. She's also on Twitter. She writes a weekly column. For Mumbai Mirror, I'm a big fan of that. Without further ado, let's go over to her. Sonali, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for us. And let's let's just start with a very basic and simple question. Okay, how exactly does money play a role in our mental health? Okay, thank you for having me for the show. Uh, so, mental health impacts your relationship with money, and money, your relationship with money, in turn impacts your mental health. So. You know, maybe let's explore both these, and we can figure it out. Let's go with that. Okay, let's go with the emotions. Okay, involved with money. Ah, the whole range of them, right? There is um, happiness, sadness, pride, envy. I don't know, maybe all the seven sins, so to say, motivation, desire. So let's go into the emotions that money plays a role in. So if just like there's comfort eating, binge eating, there's comfort spending. So if on a day you're feeling very anxious. There are a lot of people who are more likely to, you know, spend too much in the hope that it would make them feel good. That's how the term retail therapy comes and comfort spending, as I would like to call it. Also, uh, you know, all those shows which come on television late in the night, which say, "Ap ye product le lije, bara ek baje." That's the time most people feel really lonely. Huh. So when people are feeling lonely, they are more likely to spend it. On various things, and they are likely to buy things in the hope that I'm buying happiness because I bought this product, and that's how you know the advertisers know that pretty well, and that's why the marketing works at that level. And also, when it comes to you know, if you are feeling very low, if you are feeling depressed, your motivation is going to be affected. You may 
you may not want to care about money so i would have a lot of clients who would say uh things like you know let's say they had to you know submit bills before the new year they may not have submitted bills for 6 months 9 months sometimes even left you know jobs without getting reimbursements so money also impacts how we look at you know sorry mental health impacts how we look at money so these are people who would have just not submitted bills sometimes of as much as 50000 to a lakh whoa not that they don't need money huh. but they were so low that they just couldn't get to submitting those bills and it's something i hear so often like the delay in filing taxes okay now i know you know because i've been in therapy myself a long time ago um a lot of the work that counselors that therapists do uh, involves beliefs how we have beliefs about certain things you know validation self esteem i am not good enough this is that that and all those beliefs um most of it could be right could be wrong and all that stuff i want to talk about our beliefs on money for example okay probably where do they stem from i'll give you a few examples out here one of the classic decisions that uh, that i was faced with uh, still i am in fact quite a bit is doing something that you want to out of love for that and doing something that you must because hey i have bills to pay okay the classic thing between following your passion and you know your parents telling you listen dude matlab khud ka to haal to dekho bhai pehle you know you don't have money to for your this but you still want to do that okay so that's one example there are certain beliefs second you know there's validation there's status i'm a really rich guy if i don't buy that mercedes if i don't buy that audi what will people say hindi mein matlab na दुनिया का सबसे बड़ा रोग क्या कहेंगे लोग ओके लेट्स गेट इनटू दिस बिलीफ सिस्टम दैट वी हैव यू नो मे बी इट्स कंडीशनिंग मे बी इट्स व्हाटएवर व्हाट आर योर थॉट्स ऑन दैट सो द फर्स्ट वन यू नो अ लॉट ऑफ पीपल्स बिलीव्स एंड समथिंग आई रियली वर्क इन थेरेपी इज डू दे सी मनी फ्रॉम अ स्पेस ऑफ स्केर्सिटी और डू दे सी मनी फ्रॉम अ स्पेस ऑफ अबेंडेंस हाउ व्हाट वाज योर चाइल्डहुड लाइक सो व्हेन यू डिडंट हैव रियली कंट्रोल यू वर नॉट अर्निंग हाउ डिड योर पेरेंट्स लुक एट मनी if you had to buy that pair of you know levi's jeans like when i was growing up it was a thing you know so mm. you know did your parents let you buy it you know at what age did you get your first jeans or you know a simple thing like if you had to go for a school trip were you allowed not allowed what did your parents tell to you about money and as a result of which we form various beliefs around money like i have grown up in a family structure where my mom always said do what you are most interested in you know work and the money will come and you don't need to think about money so for the longest time the passion mattered and uh, you know while i come from a family where there was massive trauma my dad was in and out of hospital for 25 years it didn't really matter because i grew up with a setup that if you work towards something that you're passionate towards things will be fine money was not a necessity that was trained to me as a family having said that i think you know coming circling back to what you're asking i think people need to work towards the understanding that you can do what you love and you can still earn money while doing what you love so both passion and earning money can coexist they don't need to be two extremes black and white hmm. you can do what you love and you can still earn money and like everybody else i've taken years to unlearn that mm. and uh, you know like and it's part of that beliefs and i think what even if it comes through our parents society it's also part of what they are trained like when i speak to my mom she'd say that's what we were also taught so it never really seemed like there was another perspective around it also if in childhood you know your parents didn't really stop you from doing things um, there was always enough of everything the parents always talked they were very secure with what they had you may have really grown up with a sense of abundance no matter what you had okay i want to get into some of the i don't know maybe the hairy stuff or the slightly prom- problematic stuff let me give you some perspective on that right now i um, come from a generation which where we didn't have any sabbatical बस एक बार काम कर रहे हो नहीं कर रहे हो खत्म बात देर इज नो टेकिंग अ ब्रेक गोइंग टू यूरोप डूइंग बैक टैक इट वॉज नॉट देर ऑनेस्टली एंड नाउ आई हैव टू एक्सेप्ट इट इज देर नाउ इन इन इंडिया टूडे फॉर सम वन हु स्टार्ट इज जॉब आई हैड पीपल कम अप टू मी आफ्टर अ वीक एंड से आई वॉन्ट गो ऑन अबैटिकल लाइक ओके देन यू वॉन्ट टू जस्ट गूगल डिफाइन सबैटिकल वेदर डेट कम फ्रॉम वन वीक इन योर जॉब बट इट इज वॉट इट इज यू कैंट यू नो दैट्स पार्ट ऑफ अ बॉसिस जॉब इज ऑलरेडी टू हैंडल दोज एक्सपेक्टेशन सो 
in your experience what is the you know do we set ourselves up for going into problems by taking such decisions maybe at some point of time you need to say listen do the backpack dude no problem but bhai thoda you know emergency fund banao ek maybe when you come back your boss will say oh you don't have a job anymore what do you do so how does one bridge that gap i mean i i would be the first guy to take that trip to europe or china or wherever but somewhere money and pleasure or money and passion somewhere seems to get mixed up is there a balance here you know from your experience with talking with people is there something that we can have both ways absolutely so you know in fact i have a book coming up next year by harper collins on anxiety and i've said that one of the ways people choose to deal with anxiety is by taking sabbaticals because you know they feel that the work has impacted their mental health and i've clearly mentioned this in the book that before you take a sabbatical one of the thing you need to ask yourself is how many months can you run with the savings you have you can't just decide on one fine day i need a sabbatical and i need to go on one you need to plan for it because otherwise your sabbatical will become a trigger for anxiety and if that sabbatical is coming from wanting to find something you're passionate in you can work towards developing a safety net and then take a sabbatical also sabbaticals are quite complex in today's time when there's burnout mm. so i think that's another conversation in itself i know big one yes a big one you know by itself but having said that i completely agree i tell all my clients you can't go on a sabbatical ask yourself do you have savings for 3 months do you have savings for 6 months and i tell them plan when does the sabbatical end because if you don't plan when your sabbatical is going to end it can just be another long process and that can leave you feeling more horrible and creating a scarcity narrative around money okay now there's a lot of data which shows that india's finances the way that we used to spend and save there was a time when we used to save a lot and now it's kind of gone down people are spending a lot and that too on credit credit cards personal loans and stuff like that people buy iPhones on EMI i mean okay of course i don't want to judge them but uh, it you know it is what it is where do you think there's this change in pattern maybe 10 years ago how things were i know that there is a change because i can see it for myself and you know do you have any judgments on do you, do you have any perspectives on that maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing maybe we are from the people that you meet is that going into an area which is going to help which is going to affect your mental health over a period of time so you know honestly how it's going to impact in few years it's a new terrain a new landscape that even i am as clueless as you are at the same time yes the spending habits have increased it also has a lot to do with our life on social media you go to a you do a trip to london you earn 40000 and you're doing a 1 lakh trip to london on your instagram it looks brilliant <laughs> you know you speak about you speak about the good food you had at a cafe in portugal it sounds brilliant it just so money what how you're spending has become a narrative of your class in a certain way and i think the what has changed and what has led to the increase in you know some of these is how we like to be seen right hmm. people like to be seen as you know they can have the so called good life so i think what particularly has changed is people's narratives you know we worked you know at least you know i think people maybe some of them who are still in their 40s 30s you know late 30s you always worked with the narrative that you will save for a rainy day i think a lot of narrative for a lot of people has moved to that i'm working so hard so i need to you know spend so much and enjoy so much hmm. so i think there's a massive shift in that attitude and you know i think that again is a reflection on how much people work work never seems to end we carry our phones on holidays we are constantly working so i think it's a very complicated lens where people are almost compensating by spending and saying that i can buy happiness in these ways right you know think 5 years back i don't think people that time everybody like the middle class up took so many abroad holidays hmm. and it's right? happening right we all know that it's happening far more than what used to happen before like people not just take one holidays people take far more yeah and i don't know whether how much of this is i mean you know status symbol thing or actually helps you i don't know if you have a view on that so i think what you asked earlier about validation status symbol i think 
it's not just now even back early in the day over the years hmm. there were always people who the status symbol mattered hmm. so see maybe earlier the status symbol and i think that's what it is status symbol was buying a flat correct और यू बॉट अ कार करेक्ट आप 35 40 के हो गए अपने घर ले लिए अपने गाड़ी ले ली है एंड मे बी मोस्ट ऑफ अस स्टिल वुड हैव बॉट द हाउस लाइक एंड विद द थिंग कि ये मेरा सिक्योरिटी इट्स लाइक एडल्टहुड अचीवमेंट अनलॉक्ड यू नो व्हेन आई गॉट माय हाउस इट वाज लाइक ओके दिस इज वन टिक मार्क आई हैव वांटेड दिस आई डिड पोस्ट इट ऑन इंस्टाग्राम दो नो यस सी so but it was it was part of conditioning what parents had thought what was important and i still believe it was important to me that we have our own house and it was the adulthood really achievement huh. now for a lot of young people buying a flat is not a necessity hmm. also having money to having buying a car hmm. is no longer a necessity for people 20 years 10 years 7 8 saal pehle bhi wo car important thi right for a lot of so a lot of people's narrative of what they are saving towards have massively shifted we may have saved towards that house huh. or like a simple thing right like wouldn't you have not done couple of foreign trips because you wanted to pay off your house emi or you have emis to pay yeah so now if house is no longer a necessity huh. for them it has moved to other things which i find interesting right because now we need to buy the new iphone every year and a new iphone costs as much as a bike ha 50 60 tar ka to bike aata hai yeah there you go so, iphone cost far more it costs a lakh at least yeah, where am i stuck yes. on ek ek lakh ka phone aata hai aajkal and that is a requirement what i mean where is where where, where does this come from that i need to have the latest iphone with me each and every year or just replace iphone with anything else just could be anything i don't I, know I think if people have the money you should own your privilege and you should spend it. So mm. I don't have problem with that narrative. You know if you own it if you have that much money you should spend on it. You must ask yourself what are the motives? I don't think the act of buying an iPhone is problematic or spending it it's the narrative of what need is it meeting for you. Is do you think people have that clarity? I mean someone who is on his very first job probably has a salary of maybe 1 lakh a month. Hmm. I don't know whether he's got that space in his savings to buy a new iPhone every year. If he does, and all the best to him. But where do you think the narrative is coming? Do you think that society has put that pressure now on you that if you carry an old phone with you, you'll be like, "Hey, boss, what phone you carry?" Correct. Do you think somewhere that's happening? I think no matter what society puts on a pedestal, it's about what are values that we have put on a pedestal. What are we measuring our self-esteem against? Hmm. Because for a lot of people, how much they earn has to do with their self-esteem. And self-esteem, the idea of self-esteem has changed over the years, or is it still the work that you do? Or hmm. I know a lot of people struggle with the "I'm not good enough" belief. So that people have struggled over the years. Earlier, I'm not good enough was like I don't have a government job, so I'm not good enough. I'm hmm. not going to have pension. Then the idea was I don't have a flat, so I'm not good enough. And now maybe I'm not good enough is a reflection of so many other things. Now there are things that are trending, and have we done those things? It could be even something as simple as the food that millennials eat. So like there was this quiz on I think Twitter and Instagram huh. of twenty five foods that millennials eat. So when I did the quiz, twenty five foods that mil. Yeah, which include like cauliflower rice. So which include this boba drink. <laughs> kombucha. I'm sure kombucha is part yes. of it. Yeah, kale, yeah. kale, kale, kale is part of it. Yeah. yeah. So go. it huh. had all of these. <laughs> so even I did it, and it's like you know, it's just saying it's trending. You do it. You're like out of twenty five, you got fifteen right. You've got twenty right. What? So you know, it's. I think a lot has changed in the context of how we are measuring. Are we doing it for fun? So I did it for fun because I was like. I'm an elder millennial, like 38. You know, so yeah. how much how much does it make sense there? But at the same time, I think a lot is of what we see of money, self-esteem is how much do you understand what the latest hashtag is? Does it apply to your life? Hashtag Vero Moda flash sale, linking road pe. Okay, pagalpan hota hai wahan pe. I have seen it. I've like I'm going back at midnight and I see well-heeled people. Okay, these are not people who are. What exactly is the deal out there? I mean, you know, I know that you said retail therapy. Okay, no value judgment out there. Owning clothes, great. But what's happening out there? I mean, is it really that important? Does that set us up? Or again, the same view that pay side to karcha karo. I think people should have full right over what they want to spend their money on. At the same time, 
we need to finally our self esteem needs to be associated more with who we are everything else whether your self esteem is coming via clothes whether it's coming with the latest shoes these are all others which can always i can always reach a point where i'm not going to have it so my narrative with clients always is also that develop a relationship with money that you know that you control don't let money control you hmm That's i should important. be so i tell all my clients that have that relationship with money that you are controlling you are always in charge not where money is running your life if we are going to fall down that route we will constantly have things that we are unhappy about and it and also secondly so one is you know developing this relationship where i am controlling what i feel about the money and not money controlling me the other is also about learning you know at what point my self esteem is only linked to what i earn what i spend it on so we need to learn the difference between the two and the fact that i can always create my own money okay right? i'm going to go into a, a lot of that detail on the other side of this break and just before i go into the break the last question that i have for you is career related profession related vocation related do you have a lot of people coming to you saying what what am i doing with my life you know that's actually the name of a very popular book what do i do with my life do you you know do you either people don't know whether they should do something because there is money in it or because the the same passion versus love so is that a problem these days or are people crystal clear about what they want to do i think that's been a problem always hmm. i don't think it's a reflection of these time even when i was studying uh, my family was very you know was favorable about i you know studying to be a therapist okay. but this was like a good 20 years back i've been working 15 years so when i started you know studying but my family everybody was like what would be the career like where you know will there be any money ever what will this grow eventually what's the future around it so i don't think it has ever changed and people now even if they earn well if they don't enjoy it they still so money doesn't buy happiness it buys you the idea of happiness ah, it doesn't buy you happiness hey money does it i'm going to I want to use that line. Oh, yeah, you're right, Kavi. So, money doesn't buy you happiness, but it buys you the idea of happiness. Yeah, like I'll earn when I start earning. I'm going to spend on this thing. You know, I'm going to spend and go to this hotel, this restaurant. <coughs> you know, you go to that restaurant and then you feel that same emptiness. कि वो इतना अच्छा नहीं था खाना वो क्यों मैंने सात हजार उसपे खर्ची है मतलब I should have spent it. You know, on something more worthwhile. So it's just the idea of. <laughs> you know happiness it's like you do your first flight huh. and then after that you know like okay it felt good but then it didn't feel as good as it was in your head <laughs> the idea of a first flight per se maine to maruti zen khareed li lekin mera sapna hai mini cooper khareedne ka why not ha huh? mini cooper why not you know what surely i have had so many episodes so many recordings with people on retirement believe me from a financial perspective from a financial per- planning perspective Retirement though is a hot topic for people to sell. My theory on that, which I've tweeted also, is retirement planning. Ah, no problem. Ten crore should be enough. Just that's it. Boss, ten crore is a lot of. Well, anyway, folks, we are going to take a small break out here. On the other side, we've discussed a lot of the problems. Sonali is going to tell us the solutions. She already hinted that, uh, hinted at a few of them, but we're going to go deep into some of the good beliefs, the good practices that you can have mentally when you are thinking about money. Probably something that, that helps you in your career. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Money and mental health special on Pesa Pesa with Sonali Gupta. Hey everybody, welcome to another awesome week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd also like to thank our sponsors on the network this week, Intel, Storytel, and Camly. Check them out. They're a really good bunch of brands. This week in the spirit of Christmas, instead of giving you the long drawn out promo that I normally do, all I'm going to do is ask you to give me a Christmas gift. Go to ivmpodcast.com slash survey, fill out our survey, and send it out to us. We'd really appreciate it. And with that, let's get you back to your show. And welcome back to this year-end special of Pesa Pesa Money and Mental Health. My guest, Sonali Gupta, clinical psychologist, and we have a cameo. Look who's here! Kavita Rajbade, co-founder at IBM, has dropped by. What an honor to have her on Pesa Pesa, the first. 200 एपिसोड मैंने किया आप यू नेवर केम एंड नाउ यू कम आउट एज व्हाट एन ऑनर हाय थैंक यू सो मच आवर अवार्ड विनिंग पॉडकास्ट होस्ट आई हैड टू सिट इन टुडे आई एम ग्लैड आई एम ट्विनिंग विद यू अनुपम ग्रे शर्ट जींस लाइक कमिंग फ्रॉम द सेम जनरेशन गॉड लुक एट दैट हां 
Okay, so guys, uh, when when we were when we had the break, um, you know, we were talking about this entire thing about spending more and feeling good. Kavita was talking about how I go to this real uh, Dick Jack gym, if you may, <laughs> and I have a nice, you know, fantastic trainer. I've done that, by the way, huh? and it feels good, right? Because honestly, hey, come on, feels uh, great. Uh, he's making me do burpees. He's making me do functional training. He's high knees, high knees. Okay, I stopped at burpees a long time ago. What is the deal out here? I mean, you know, I won't, let's just have this conversation here about spending more and feeling good. You kind of touch upon it uh, at yes. the start of the show in detail therapy, but like Kavita was saying, it goes much more deeper than that. It does because I think like there's some amount of premiumness around buying fancier experiences for yourself, right? So it's not just about going to the gym. Now it's about going to the gym, finding yourself like that perfect trainer hmm. who's going to push you and uh, push you into like doing things that you probably are actually capable of doing on your own, but hmm. you want to kind of rely on that. Then you're obviously like ensuring that you're buying kale salad. Hmm. You know, that's obviously also a premium product. Then you've gone like, hey, I must obviously look great in this gym. So then you've gone and bought yourself like the perfect Nike trainers and, you know, other training gear. So I'm saying that it's a, this, uh, it's this, cycle that kind of like draws you in into basically what are you going there to do getting healthier that's what you're there for I, I go to a gym and I'm just like you know what if you train five days a week you'll be fine do you now need yeah maybe you probably need an initial person to tell you get your form right do this well you know what and there are some tricks and hacks to some things but that's all right like I mean why now do you want to tie it into like a larger you remind me a lot of the financial stuff, right? Because a lot of people say, ye fund mein invest karo, wo fund mein invest karo, das fund. Aray, Boston, do ek, 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 ek index rakho, ek rakho. The feeling that you're doing more, maybe spending more and doing something for the heck of it. What do you say, Sonali, to this? Absolutely. Like, people believe that if I'm spending more, I'll be able to have more fun. So if I'm going to a premium place, I will get the best results. People keep forgetting like the best results are often dependent on the hard work you put in when it comes to a gym, for example. And also, you know, people start believing that money is a correlation. Money has correlation to how happy they would feel. The reality is money is a very poor to low moderate correlation to our happiness. So when people have spent money on these trainers, on, you know, the track pants that you will buy for it and then you go and pick an expensive coffee before the gym after the gym it's just going back circling back to that idea of happiness I am if I'm doing all of this I will just feel good about myself but if you're feeling horrible you know it's this joke which has been there for years if I am crying in my you know in my little room and if I'm crying in BMW I'm still crying right so it doesn't really end up making any difference I could be in that room huh. in that like one bedroom and I could be crying and I'm in my bed, BMW and I'm still crying it doesn't make a difference so how you feel often also has to do with the fact that how you're feeling internally to some degree yes the trainer you know those trainer shoes will feel good the gym will feel good and it's the initial high Right? It's like the honeymoon phase of money. Huh. You know, new money has come, so you want to do these things. high will drop. It's not going to last. And everybody, like clients often speak about money, you know, in therapy. Everyone, all of my clients have spoken about money. Huh. Whether they speak of thousands, lakhs or crores, everybody brings money to a therapy session. And even with newfound money, it can buy you happiness to a degree. Huh. After that, it's just what is your relationship? Do you feel secure with what you have? So, Kavita, we were talking about therapy as an investment, right? Because therapy, um, all due respect, no judgment, is expensive. It um, is. One very good point that you raised about how if today's generation is not spending on buying a house is not spending on married or, you know, getting married and having a commitment, they should spend on health. You want to just expand on that thought and maybe so yeah, I can... I think that, that whole, uh, you know, uh, that little kitty that you'd probably put away for investments, your FDs, all kinds of other SIPs, EMIs. Yes. I think, you know, yeah, you know, if that stuff <laughs> doesn't exist on your monthly to-do list anymore you'll definitely find newer ways to allocate that money. And I think then that's why then, you know, if it's sitting in categories like health and fitness, mm. uh, you know, sitting in categories like 
retail therapy you know uh, it's sitting in categories like hey i think i need help and i need to be able to go and speak to somebody and you know showcase my feelings or whatever therapy also comes that's seriously it. important huh? it is that no is it is important, important. so yeah, i'm saying that you know and then how you're doing that yeah. i think is kind of the way like i think gen z or like you know like millennials are are doing that you know it's like that big buzzfeed article that we spoke about urban poor the urban poor and uh i don't know i mean of course you know at ivm we're a really really young team and uh-huh. i don't know if they really like that yeah. and you know and, and they were obviously like termed as like the buzzfeed generation but uh, it probably is really really rampant <laughs> somewhere that you know it got written about what do you have to say no, about that what. So I definitely feel people's priorities have changed about what they want to invest in. And I tell all my clients that if you don't want to buy a house, if you don't want to get married, you don't want to have kids, a lot of your money is freed up. And if your parents are well settled, sometimes you don't even have to give back to them. Ask yourself that 20 years from now how much do you want to work? and ask yourself what are the costs that will come up in 20 years so whether it's health you know health is far more fragile vulnerable than what it is before a lot of research studies say that people today including all of us whether it's you know whether it's gen z whether it's millennials our health is more likely to be impacted negatively as compared to of our parents or our grandparents because of the lifestyle choices we lead so whether it's an investment in your health physical health emotional health whether it's therapy you need to make those investments because they are your long term investment i always tell clients this that you know a lot of our life narrative also needs to be what i can do it what are costs that i can sustain in a long haul if you buy a fancy apartment or rent out a fancy apartment and you say i have had some savings and first year i can pay the rental the next year those savings are used up it may not end up working well for you it will give you this immediate sense of low hmm there and of course you know even when it comes to these health choices you know the gym we go all of it i think people need to be realistic about what they can sustain so even if it's therapy i would tell them choose a therapist you can sustain in the long run choose a health plan investment you can sustain in the long run choose make you know invest in things which are which will allow you to work on yourself but which are realistic i want to just get in a few pointers from you from you know because uh, honestly i never thought that i would ask this question uh, on my podcast first you know but having been having gone to therapy myself i just realized that maybe for our listeners who should seek out active help what are the three or maybe five points that you should look out for when you're looking for a therapist okay so first is figure out you know you will have to meet few therapists to figure if they are a good fit for you second figure out what are the areas they specialize in and is that one of the areas you would want to work around so you know it's very important so do your research around it thirdly figure out you know what is their fee because it really matters therapy is not a you know it's not a short process it takes time i've had my clients like the very first client i worked ever in life came back to me in therapy after 15 years wow you know so you know it just seemed impossible i never really thought that that's going to happen so your clients will come back and the idea is to go to a therapist whose fee you can afford fourth choose a therapist who's very close to where you stay because on days when you're feeling low oh when man, you're feeling so anxious, important so important you wouldn't want to go when there's traffic so even if it sounds snobbish <laughs> i tell a lot of my clients i work in bandra khar it's a good idea if you stay close because on your bad days during rains and there know, are bad days there are lot there of there are bad days, days. there yeah, are bad days i'm not going to blame them but i would always tell them if you're going to take 2 hours to reach to me you're already going to be anxious and then you're going to cry for an hour or you're going to talk about something which is so personal and then spend 2 hours in the cab it's 5 hours and you are exhausted at the end of it so choose a therapist you know who's physically in a city like bombay close to where you stay hmm. i think that's very very important and i think lastly figure a therapist who works for you in the context of you know where they are non judgmentally and also a lot of people have um, i am no longer asked that but when i started at 23 they would say you don't look old enough 
दिस इज नॉट एन अप्रोप्रिएट यू आर नॉट अ थेरेपिस्ट ऑफ एन अप्रोप्रिएट एज हाँ सीरियसली एट ट्वेंटी थ्री ट्वेंटी फाइव आई वॉज इंट वॉट इज दैट वॉट एजिज्म आई बिलीव दैट इज वॉट इट्स कॉल्ड दीज डेज वॉट यू थिंक आई मीन यू नो यू यू run a studio out here yeah. you also interact with, with a lot of young people you've got friends you've got family where do you think this entire equation on mental health is right now <coughs> you know so i remember four years ago i traveled to thailand and i was in bangkok and i was hanging with a cousin of mine and uh, i was walking through a mall and flashy you know hardware stores like phone stores and just people buying i was just like wow i mean these kids look like they're really young and you know you're buying like an extremely expensive phone samsung was you know is always like throwing new things at them and he told me and he was studying in college then and uh, in bangkok and he told me he was like kavita the kids here finish their money by like the 15th of the month man. because they are wow. so there in terms of like man that new phone huh. has you have to have it if it's got like some extra extensions that need because of course all of these people in southeast asia are damn dex savvy so you're buying the best camera lens yeah. you probably bought yourself a great tripod you probably got but then i was like okay so that's one month you're not changing your phone and he's like no by the next month you would have found something else to wow, align yourself wow, so yeah. it's a never ending thing yeah. so i mean at the same time you know again i come from a generation i went and bought myself a house at 25 conditioning mm-hmm. you know yeah. it, it just happened by chance i was in bombay i kind of like made some decent incentives and i could put down a payment and then i was like okay this adult you know achievement unlocked right yeah. i was like okay, now what what's next this is done so now and and it took me a long time yeah, yeah, you know to go back to being like okay why do you need money right now kavita what is the stashing away for huh. and it took me a long time to kind of get back into like okay now i need to find some other small interim goals wow okay you know to kind of then align like okay next 5 years okay let's probably get yourself a really fancy holiday or probably you know following your you know if you i know you don't want to buy a car but maybe like go get yourself a nice house in bandra or whatever but it took me a long time to yeah. kind of because again conditioning it was just like ghar ho gaya na abhi kya abhi kya yeah so i think uh, you know there's something known as arrival fallacy hmm. which basically means when i have done like i feel like okay i'll do this thing you know i'll do this cool thing like buy a house huh. or which we have bought huh. you know and or things like you know i'll work on this fancy project and then suddenly i'll be all happy when we all do that you have bought that house or you have written this you know you have written something you have got that goal done a lot of times after that there's this sense of emptiness bus usko to pedestal pe chada ke rakha tha ki ye hoga uske baad sab kuch theek ho jayega the thing is it's life you know you will have other goals huh. it will make you feel good and then it's just up to you what you want to do with it so you know we the idea and that's what coming back circling back to what kavita is saying wo har mahine fir se kuch khareedna kya hai kyunki wo arrival fallacy to ho gayi na ek mahine mein wow. are wo to abhi abhi kya value hai right think of it you know when people are on instagram and they are trending they are influencers on twitter they are trending first time 100 retweets feel like awesome ah. then वो तो I've arrived, I've arrived, I've influenced yeah. so many followers. अभी अभी अगली बार जब हंड्रेड मिलेंगे तो बुरा लगेगा सिर्फ हंड्रेड ही मिले अब तो मेरे को फाइव हंड्रेड मिलने चाहिए थे ना अभी तो सिर्फ हंड्रेड ही मिले सो आई थिंक द मोस्ट इम्पॉर्टेंट बिट अबाउट मनी इज आस्किंग योर सेल्फ हाउ कैन यू नो हाउ कैन यू लर्न टू हैव द रिलेशनशिप वे योर हैप्पीनेस सेंस ऑफ सेटिस्फैक्शन कम्स बियॉन्ड मनी that's how we can even cultivate our passion you know for all of us who work if you tie in everything to money your passion will also take a beating mm. at the end of the day because sometimes it's very hard you know there are a lot of things one does you know which is pro bono but you still love those things and you want to do them so it's important to work and ask yourself what are ways i find happiness if my happiness is only linked to buying that gadget buying that house also the idea of a house it's very very problematic because then we will be stuck 
you oh, know wow, I, I think now i suddenly feel like i'm like really like emotionally there because really running ivm also right yeah, like if yeah, you're not yeah, relating yeah. your happiness for money yeah. yeah that's why we're doing what we're doing 25 saal mein kutka ghar ho gaya boss aur kya chahiye yaar for a lot of people that isn't even okay true actually sonali i want to end uh, the episode with some tips some pointers about how we can maybe improve or maybe change our beliefs uh regarding money that help us lead a more satisfied a more fulfilled life something on that so i think the first one that everybody needs to do or ask themselves is if you constantly think people are exploiting you when it comes to money they are cheating you they are not giving you f- fair treatment with money or you're constantly feeling insecure ask yourself what is an unmet need of yours like there are some people who feel like in the gig economy is linked to a lot of anxiety you know where you don't know when is the next assignment coming from but if you have this constant feeling that i'm being exploited you will always be insecure about money so a lot of how we feel about money also has to do with how much we trust ourselves okay and the second most important tip is uh, you know this belief that you can create money like i always tell clients that it's a good point to end therapy no matter how bad your life is if you trust yourself with the fact that you can deal with it so the very fact that trust in the capacity that if i work hard i'll get that money back and that's why even when it comes to resilience a lot of people who have had financial losses they bounce back if they have an attitude that they trust in their capacity to create wealth a lot of people even if they are doing well and a small blip you know a job loss is of course anxiety provoking but a small blip can feel like things are not fair with me i am never going to earn as much as i was earning before and i think thirdly is also being realistic about how much you are capable of earning and i think developing some resilience where your happiness is not dependent on social media there is always somebody going to a better gym there is always somebody who's going to buy better shoes there's always somebody who's going to be on a holiday more expensive than yours more number of times than mm. yours and learning to not base your self esteem on that okay so two final questions for me um first just picking up from the point of resilience how do you build resilience and i'll give you a live example maybe you can look you know look at it as someone who's come to you for that because um stock trading is something that's uh, that people actually do for a living and a lot of young guys actually come into it thinking that they can just sail through and all and obviously they land up burning their fingers so how does one build resilience i come to you saying sonali i invested 5 lakhs into this stock and i thought i'll make a loss uh, i i thought i'll actually make a great profit on it but the price went down i'm not good enough I feel that I messed up. I feel that I don't, you know, I'm not worth it, and I don't think I should do trading anymore. How do I build resilience? Because the greatest traders in the world have taken some crazy losses, and what's made them big is their capacity to go through that. What is resilience about? So you know, when it comes to financially, my understanding is that in these matters which have to do with traders, entrepreneurs, you know, who take massive risks, have run like two startups that didn't do well. You have three more which you know kind of tanked, and then you have the sixth one working. For a lot of them, it boils down to their capacity for risk. Hmm. Their resilience is very largely tied to their capacity for risk. It's also tied to a lot of their beliefs that they can create enough wealth. now what is important whether it's trading whether it's the working is knowing when do we stop the risk taking when does it move from being impulsive to risky hmm. and i think with any form of you know with our relationship with money also it's most important more than resilient what is important is are you the kind of person who's going to be happy with fds or are you the kind of person who wants the market chance pe dance you know hmm. okay and it's a very personal i don't mm. think that's resilience if i'm you know if i if i'm somebody who's not a risk taker then i should keep my money in fd me ko to anxiety ho jayegi agar wo market mein us stocks upar niche ho rahe mein heartbeat bhi upar niche palpitations hoengi mere ko so being very realistic about what you can handle okay and i don't think everybody you know needs to enter territory that like you know like with gig economy and i even say this in the book also that 
not everybody is cut out for gig economy okay uh, kavita <laughs> anything from your side because there's one thing that uh, when you were talking about how you've you know achieved your goals uh, financially i there's always this thing that i feel is um, delayed gratification it's a big thing for uh, financial planning people who say that listen you don't need to buy a house i mean you did of course that's a great thing but what's where how do we find this balance between saving and spending between retail therapy and not spending at all and living you know a very frugal kind of life because that's also had a lot of takers today there's this entire concept of fire which is financially independent retire early in the us mm. it's taken off like mad where you you save 80% of your salary 90% of your salary and you just save save, save like 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 a madman <laughs> i mean you probably don't shave you maybe wear <laughs> clothes for the entire you know, actually i know some people like that there you go okay so yeah. that's what how does one find the balance out here okay because obviously who wouldn't want to re- retire at 35 at the same time i'm not sure what pleasure is there in not spending on even the smallest thing that you like i agree i, I think i know. would want to sit somewhere in the middle i, would I mean too. this thing yeah. about delayed gratification uh, gratification as well huh. right a for me i am not i am not this fire category huh. in the sense that you know, i want on, to yeah. basically my life is today Yeah and I would yes. actually continue and want to continue doing this exactly, right like, and so then my security comes from not from the fact of like saving an 80 or 90% of my salary because I'm like hey I will continue working huh. I will constantly have an active income coming in because this decision I mean I also come from this generation where a lot of my 35 year old colleagues are just like you know what I want to work till 40 huh. and that's it but I'll kill myself for See, the next 5 yeah, years and I'm what? like no I want to live longer. Yeah. I want the time to spend all this money at, and take these vacations. At you the know, same time, you, know, you don't want to hit sixty-five and find that. Listen, I don't have nothing. That's also not so. Yeah, I think I'd, I'm this balanced. Yes, I think you know That's whether I'm the stock trading thing. Where is this? Where so, is this trade-off? Where is this fine balance? How he, do we sort this? So you know, like like Kavita, for me also, I would want to work as as far as I can. So you know, if health permits, that is. and i don't you know if you're passionate about your work then money is just a product of that passion that work it's not that you're just working for money right mm-hmm. and i'm not one of those people who believes it's important that money i'm not saying it's not important it's a product of what i'm passionate about it's coming so working and that money as i said before it can coexist but also it's about figuring out what's important to you in life like being engaged i associate work with being engaged and if i'm going to be engaged it's a choice i have about till when i work and you know delayed gratification comes as a opposite of being impulsive so let's say you know even if it's buying the house since we spoke about it so many times we all bought the house when we had some savings we didn't just do it on a whim unrealistically so there was a delayed gratification even to that saying that you can buy this itne saal wo rental pe reh sakte hain mm-hmm. or you delay buying that mac your first mac till the time you earn so much and you have done that tick mark on two three other <laughs> things no actually i think my house buying thing was a complete impulse, impulse. thing it was just like finding one of my favorite <laughs> like housing complexes in pune house was up for sale perfect second floor this that wanted like i had this random thing of like wanting a living room like large enough that i can like bowl like a full length ball to my brother you know and that was just it was really the basis yeah, that right yeah. i was like now if i finally have an entire living room that we can play cricket in but uh, this whole thing about you know like impulsive buyers or not but you know it kind of pushed me into just regulating my finances hmm. because i lived in bombay i am also renting an apartment here this is an emi to an apartment i bought in pune and it kind of like rattled me for 6 months but then it just quickly i managed You're to compartmentalize yeah man that is tough respect yeah. it is tough yeah respect yeah. so i think what kavita is saying then then it's also important to know where that impulse is coming from and what impact is it going to have in your functionality if you are going to spend 2 lakhs on a holiday abroad and next month you don't have money to pay your rental that impulse is not healthy at all yeah, it I... comes with a massive cost price tag attached to it i don't know how i managed this at 25 though but i but well done. but you but yeah. you kept well paying done. the yeah, rental yeah. i did i did well, i can't say that i took such a big decision like but i remember my first job when i walked in I'm raised. I'm I'm born raised in Bombay. Bombay, and my first job had you know uh, a, a a lot of people who are not from Bombay. You know, and 
awesome guys. I just love them. I love the time that I worked out there. But I walk in probably wearing, you know, maybe an Allen Solly or Color Plus, something or the other. Okay, because that's, I mean, come on, that's just something that you do. These guys are, you know, boss. What is this? Okay, first of all, where do you stay? I say Bandra. Pela downgrade wahan ho gaya. Okay. One second, less point. Second, oh, you stay with your parents. Oh, okay. Three less points. Okay, and third, did it look at you? Everything expensive. I walked into that trap, man. It sucked, but five years later, all those guys were doing what I did. Okay, all Super. of them made money enough, and then then they were on fire. They were also like, doing this. Ah, wait, chalo, mera ragging karna hai, to kar lo. <laughs> and I think that is a wrap. Kavita, what do you say? Yeah. Sunali, anything else? Happy okay. New Year to everybody. Uh, yes, happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Yes, I wish all of our listeners a very happy 2020. What is the deal on the decade? Are we starting the decade or ending the decade? So this is by <laughs> what is that? I know. I read this somewhere. Oh, uh, whichever. Camp you're in, you could be either you know. I think it's like the beginning of the okay, decade, chalo, right? Like Whether now. you're in the 2019 camp or the 2020 camp, or it's the beginning of your new healthy relationship with money. I love that. That is such a positive tone to end this. Or your healthy relationship with money, guys. Have an awesome New Year. Thank you for listening to Pesa Pesa. Thank you for the award. Thank you for all the love that I keep on getting from you guys. Sonali Gupta, clinical psychologist, thank you so much for taking out the time and giving our listeners a lot of tips on having a happy new year mentally in relation to their money. Kavita Rajbade, thank you so much for being an awesome cameo host out here also on the show. Folks, that is a wrap on this episode, Money and Mental Health on Paisa Paisa. Wish all of you a very happy new year. Thank you. Thank you. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision. Remember the last vacation you took? What about the one you took 3 years ago? Okay, how much do you really remember? It's a question I've asked myself often over a decade of traveling the world. Hey, I'm Utsav and I do not travel the world for a living. I have a full-time job and responsibilities. but i have made traveling the world a priority priority enough that i negotiate extra leave in my job contracts obsessively track my frequent flyer miles and i'm willing to take off at the sight of a cheap ticket yes i am cheap i have lived and worked in three countries i understand human behavior for a living and these experiences have given me unique insights into places people and culture with over a decade of travel behind me I increasingly realized one thing that we cannot see everything. So whatever we see, we must see deeply. Because as the film of memory decays, the imprints which will stand the test of time are the ones felt by the immersion of the senses, not by fleeting encounters with them. Postcards from nowhere is an immersion into the world of slow travel, one story at a time. Tune in every Thursday on the IVM podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. Do you wish you were smarter? Well, so do we. But the next best thing, we could make you sound smarter. And to help you with this endeavor, we are Simplified, Ooh. a podcast uh, that attempts to break down the complex world around you with a uh, little knowledge, a lot of poor jokes, and a ton of random trivia. Episodes out every Monday on the IVM Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. See ya. See ya.